Ellen, I got one for you though, okay? And we'll close on this. So have you ever seen your neighbors bring their groceries in? I don't think I have. So that would make you think that they're probably not eating food, right? And that maybe they don't need food because they're all NPCs. That's the, that's the question for NPCs that will really trip you out. Have you ever seen your neighbors bring their groceries in? Welcome to another episode of Awaken Now What. I'm your host, JR. And I'm your co-host, Helen. Awaken Now What is the podcast that illuminates your spiritual awakening and ascension. Today, we have Brandon Thomas as our guest. Hey, welcome, Brandon. Brandon. Welcome. Hey. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> Hang on. I have a... Hey, it's one of my favorite sounds ever. Awesome. Okay, cool. Like I said, I got this new piece of gear, so I'm just playing with it. All right, cool. Uh, Brandon, you are the creator, producer, and host of the Expanding Reality podcast. Your podcast is very successful, um, but for our listeners who aren't familiar with you, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely, Jay. And thank you uh, so much, and Helena as well, for having me on. This is so damn cool. I love your show. Love everything. Oh, by the way, do I need a filter like to not cuss or anything? You guys, no, no, no. You're, it's, it's all full glow, man. If you want to cuss, yeah, cuss. <laughs> okay, that kind of loosens me up a little bit. That's fine. I can put the filter on if you'd like. So uh, I've, I've your- seen that you vape before on your show, so f- feel free to vape. <laughs> oh, dude, I will be chugging on the thing <laughs> nonstop, brother. Don't you worry about it. Um, Absolutely. And I, I appreciate you guys are all, I already feel welcome. So thank you very much. So to your question, though. Um, so yes, my name is Brandon Thomas. I am the host creator. And I'm now now would say just sort of the I've been gifted of this gift of this thing called expanding reality. It's been way bigger than a podcast for a super long time. I mean, I, I've dropped the podcast moniker in it. I mean, long ago, it just seems like the vehicle rather. So you know, that's why the uh, tagline of the show, I guess, is uh, the expansion of consciousness cleverly disguised as a podcast. Right. And that's what it's really been for me. So it's just been a really amazing thing to share this with folks. And I was going to do it either way. I just happened to record it and put it out for people, too. So it's it's been tremendous. Uh, a lot of incredible growth has happened, uh, especially, like I said, on my side, because uh, that's first and foremost what I'm doing it for is just to exercise that for myself uh, and to expand my reality through these conversations. But also uh, on the listenership side in the audience, and like you said, it's incredibly successful. And uh, I strongly believe that it's, uh, it's, it's that way because of very simple factors. I have no ego in this thing. You know, um, I'm not here to prove that I'm right and you're wrong. Like, I wouldn't invite somebody on just to argue how right I am and get an audience to back that. I mean, there's, there's definitely a market, and that's, that's a model. It's not one... I was interested in because this is from the heart. This is truly from the heart. I'll have people on, man, that, you know, they'll say after the interview, just thank you for listening to me. You know, like nobody listens to me or the last show I was on, the hosts were just like, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll even have some people I need to almost be like a counselor for when they come on. They're like, okay, well, don't ask me about this. And I've been asked about, I'm like, dude, take a deep breath. I'm like, this (laughs) is not that, dude. This is not that. And so, that's what it is. I'm very guest forward, uh, but it's I have no ego in this, like I said, because first and foremost, I have no clue what the fuck's going on. So 
who am I to say that you're wrong for your experience I'm, that I wasn't there for that I didn't see, you know, and even when you niche down to just the perspectives of people like the individuated, hey, here's what I saw. Here's what I saw recalling the exact same event. And so mm -hmm. many studies have been done on this. And, you know, eyewitness testimony being the least credible in any case because it's so interpretational, right? Right. So uh, when you get all the way down through that kind of stuff, it's just like easier just to enjoy it and just to enjoy the differences. And uh, that's something that has made it just incredible. Plus, you know, I'm a magnet for incredible people. Like I've said this forever. It's just been an awesome thing. And, uh, uh, they, you know, they find it. And so that makes for a wonderful conversation, which makes, you know, uh, for an, a very attractive appeal as far as an audience goes. So it's been awesome, man. And we just have super real conversations. They're super adept and deep and there's no rules. I mean, we, it's come as you are, you know, um, it's great. It's so great. It's the coolest. It's the second coolest thing I've ever done. It's the, <laughs> it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I've listened to a couple of your episodes and it, it really is what the title says. Each episode and and with our episodes, Helen, is each episode we're continuing to expand our reality. We're continuing to achieve higher levels of consciousness. This is the greatest level of growth I've achieved doing these podcasts and listening 100%. to other podcasts. It's it's amazing. The information that's out there. 100%. It's, it's incredible. You know, and then I'm to this point with all of it now, man, looking back and I'm you know, I talked to, at first the show just started, hey, I like this UFO person and I want to have them on and this author and this whatever. And now that entire middle back row back there is all authors that have sent me their signed books that have been on the show that, you know, and That's it's a, so it's cool. such a wide variety of scope of interest that uh, it, it couldn't be just that. And so like you said about the name of the show, uh, I really thought about that. It was Expand Dead. That's what I had in mind and something just didn't ring right. I was like, no, 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 it needs to be, it, it's it's too finite. Like you need it kinetic. It needs to be expanding. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it needs to be evolving to verb. You know what I mean? Nothing mm -hmm. like already set in tone. We're doing it now, you know, and it's, when are you doing it right now? And then if you ask me in five minutes, we're doing it now. It's it's always, and it's it's incredible. And so, you know, taking all of the different perspectives of uh, the guests that I've had on and then the I already feel like I came in with a, a wide scope of curiosity. My curiosity is dialed to a thousand anyhow. And then with the experiences I had uh, at about uh, my age 18, where there were four like major things that shifted my life in a completely different direction that really uh, are the foundation for the dude sitting here talking to you right now. So even from those experiences, moving on through it, it's just been such an amazing, like wild, expansive ride. And uh, I, I love every damn bit of it. Like I wouldn't change anything. I really think you know, this utopia idea of all of us um, living in this awesome place. I, I think I'd love that idea, but I'm not necessarily convinced that it's here that that occurs. Now I've, I've kind of shifted that and that's a long thing that we could talk about if you'd like, but also, you know, it feels like uh, with the mode and trajectory of everything going on right now, that these conversations are what are kind of creating and paving the way for the new mindset, you know, for the we're all tapped into this beautiful thing. Right. Uh, and, and it's playing out right now for all of us. Um, and it's, it's like I said, just a, an absolutely incredible process. So the show has gone from, yeah, I'll talk to a couple UFO people to now, you know, I mean, God, I mean, having like Dr. Doug Matsky on his books right here, uh, deep reality. Uh, he was, that book is the only book that Dr. William Tiller, the physicist, uh, ever co-wrote with anyone. Huh. And this dude lives in Austin. He's like a buddy of mine. Now we just talk on the phone and hang out. He's one of the coolest dudes, but we get in so deep on quantum theory and, and all of that, that again, it, it pulls from 
you know, I, I look at the world through a psychedelic lens, a, the phenomena lens, which that's a really broad one, uh, geopolitical lens, um, sort of a more, uh, I guess, truth or movement on looking at governments as intergenerational crime rings and things like that. Right. And so uh, there's a, like I said, a wide scope uh, in which I view this place. And, and it's just made for just honestly the coolest fucking life, man. And it just keeps getting better. Like you said, it's, it's the best right now. And we're just getting going. My right. Saturn return is like in two years, but I'm already, I feel like I've already beat. You've it. already entered it, dude. Like, you've oh. already, you're already in oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Like it's stupid. It's stupid. And then, you know, concepts like the thought ninja and all these different things that have really helped me out of some really dark times that I just kind of, you know, said, Hey, this kind of helped me out. And the wave of people that took that thing off, it's, it's been insane. Uh, there's a children's book coming about it. Like all this crazy shit, dude, everything's just awesome. That's it. That's all I got to say about it. It's That's all awesome. So cool. That is so <laughs> cool. Um, you had an interview with Neil Donald Walsh. Wow. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I remember reading in your show notes that you, it was uh, his book triggered your awakening. Yeah, you, it was one of the four things. Yeah. Can you can you take us through that experience in your life? Yeah. So that experience in my life um, was just a really interesting time. So I was turning 18 years old. This was in 2001. So a lot of interesting energetic things that were happening and very visible things were happening in our world as well. Now, this was ahead of that. So it was kind of like a like the random number generator started going off right before 9-11. I kind of had this a little earlier than that. So I was already out in 2001. So Around that time period, I was um, graduating high school. I'd moved from North Texas from a really small town up here to uh, Houston, which is like massive. It's like, you know, fourth largest city in the nation, like crazy huge. So it was a massive culture shock for me, uh, as well as I was exposed to all kinds of things. One of those psychedelics and drugs and all that good shit. Mm -hmm. So I had a rule, no needle drugs. And that, thank God, stuck with me forever. I never did any needle drugs. Uh, knock on wood, I just won't. Not appealing. Um, so I really got into psychedelics, though, again, at the same time. So we moved from there to there. That did something really interesting to one of my parents, and they lashed out in a really interesting way that got very challenging and toxic to exist in. And so that was part of the catalyst of this. So two days after graduation, in response to that toxic, tox, uh, toxic environment, I uh, just packed up two bags with whatever I could and that guitar on the wall back there and left. And uh, I was on my own, on foot, no car, no anything, like just got my little diploma there, checked the box on the matrix and walked out of the house. Wow. That was a big one. And that was a few months after having my first psychedelic experience, which was on LSD, liquid LSD. A buddy of mine had gotten a settlement from a wreck that he had when he was young, when he turned 18 uh, and he just got a ton of money. They just gave this 18 year old a bunch of money and his parents were just like, okay, well, it's your money. We can't do anything about it. He's senior in high school. So he just bought hotel rooms and we were doing ecstasy and all, all this shit all the time. And so this dude bought a hotel room one night. I'd already staged it with the folks. I'm like, dudes, the, the rents, I was like, I'm staying out tonight. Got it all covered, right? So we go, um, uh, my friend Matt, who had this money uh, and did all this, we pull up in a parking lot. Dude met us, you know, legit style with a little Visine bottle. And he goes, okay, open your, open your, do you want it on the tongue or on the sweet tart? And Matt, my friend said, we'll take one of each. So we opened our mouths, he dropped one of each on our tongues, and then he gave us a sweet tart that had one on it, like one of those giant sweet tarts, you know what I mean, that come mm -hmm. forward to a pack. So he gives us one of those. Uh, I immediately, my 18-year-old Texas ash just threw it in my mouth, so now I'm on two hits of liquid acid for the first time ever as an 18-year-old. Oh now, God, I'd, never done, I'd never done any psychedelic, yeah. Yikes. Now, similar, the first time I did mushrooms was not this time, but I'll tell you about it uh, because it's, it's still a cool story too. So... Um, 
equally as ridiculous. This is just kind of how I do things. I don't just like tiptoe into shit. Like, and let's go. And I really get a very visceral experience with this. Right. I'm the epitome of dive right in, right? So we do this. Um, long story short, it was horrible. I had an awful time. It was a very, what we would refer to as a bad trip, but it was still valuable. And I still consider it extremely valuable because I learned so much because before it went tits up, it was just gorgeous and interconnected and beautiful. And I could really see it. And I was playing with the visuals. And then I get a phone call from my parents saying, hey, you have to come home right now. And so I just immediately crash. And so I'm crying, I'm vomiting, I'm everything like that. And so I, you know, get a ride home and all that. So it was a very traumatic experience, but also a very revolutionary experience for me cognitively. Mm -hmm. So again, after all of that stuff, if we're keeping up, uh, I uh, moved down to Houston, uh, had a very big culture shock awakening, uh, had my first psychedelic experience, smoked weed for the first time, never even heard of that. Uh, that's how sheltered this town I was in and, uh, until I was 18, didn't even know, didn't, wasn't even on my radar. So uh, did all that, then a uh, very traumatic experience throughout all of that, uh, even with all of the adjustments, moved out because of that, on foot at 18, uh, two bags with whatever I could stuff into them and my guitar. I was living with a girlfriend at the time and working like for her dad. And I think I, I then ended up in Huntsville, Texas. Like it was crazy. I was all over the place. So uh, I, I get, because of her, she gave me the book, uh, Conversations with God with ne by Neil Donald Walsh. And it's probably it and the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz are probably ah, the two most yeah. and given away books by me. I just buy them. Anytime I see them, I'm like, yep, you're coming with me. However many are there. Half price, I go to half price like at least a few times a month. That's awesome. So I'm slanging these things everywhere, right? And that was one of them because it was so damn transformative. It was right. my first glimpse into an alternative like because up to that point again i'm very like sheltered like, i just didn't know i'm just opening my eyes for the first time basically at, at the age of 18. and so i'm i'm looking at the world and just going okay well you know yeah my parents are full of shit in these ways the government's full of shit in these ways because i was naturally rebelling with like the music i liked and i was started to teach myself guitar and all this stuff so uh you know i was already kind of on that train anyhow so i was already looking at this like okay well all of it's bullshit, right <clears throat> and in in a way it is you know and so when i could really define that for myself i started just really analyzing all of it so i just uh said screw this and um like i said bounced out of all that stuff psychedelic experience neil donald walsh then very into conspiracies uh was the point i was making there and so i had these massive changes that occurred at that age at 2001 and it was um it was interesting man so that like i said pinged me on the path and then you know, 20 whatever years later, I'm sitting here in this very room talking to Neil Donald Walsh, the right. dude that's the reason I'm not an atheist, you know what I mean? Kind of a thing. It was Ow. insane. Just, I mean, oh, and then, I mean, more the synchronicities continue. So I had a, I had a young woman right before that, and this was like 20 episodes into the show, 25 episodes, something like that, into the show. So I had a young woman on the show named Taylor Root Sala. I had just ordered a couple of her uh, journals. She does like low content books for like activity and uh, mindfulness practices and stuff. She's phenomenal. Uh, and so I'd ordered a few of them and they had come in that day. So my wife, God bless her. She's amazing, Mary. Uh, we uh, live out in the country. We have dogs and stuff like that. So for my interview with Neil, it was at the sweet spot of when she was going to be coming home from work. And like, oh. I took the day off, like all the, it was a huge deal. Right. Right. Still is, honestly. And so uh, she was so sweet and just kind of sat outside, but she had the package from Taylor with the two journals that I'd ordered because I value exchange, right? If somebody's uh, got something and they're coming on there, I support. So I'd ordered two journals from uh, Taylor. They came in. I walk outside just on a cloud, I don't know what. 
I'm so damn excited and pumped. And then Mary hands me this thing. Not only is my beautiful wife home safe, then she hands me this package that's these two journals. I'm freaking out. I flip this hundred and whatever page book open and I just go, oh my God, babe, this is so cool. And then I closed it and then I put the one on bottom up on top, open that to a random page. And on the left side, there's quotes on every single page. And on the left side was a quote from Neil Donna Walsh. And the only one in the book, and it was one that I happened to op to, wow. open to 20 minutes after talking to the dude. All the shit's amazing. And I'm having a blast with all of it. Like you said, you're just riding the wave. Like you get the validation right. of synchronicities that you are on the right path, that you are doing. I get the right. validation of feeling. The synchronicities are just kind of a cherry on top. Like uh, the feeling's what it is. That's the true resonance. And what what's interesting about it is I started noticing the synchronicities, which gave me the feeling. But what it really did was it showed me that the feeling was in there all the whole time. The synchronicities mm -hmm. pointed out the situation in which it occurred. Then I started, and this is very recent, actually. I want to give this to all the Yolks. Um, this is just amazing. It's been a game changer for me. So one thing I've been doing is, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> let's say that the universe responds to you in the way that, that we're unity consciousness, you can manifest, and let's just play with that idea as what we're talking about for, for the example I've got. If that's the case, and you are a participatory creator, a deliberate creator here, which I do subscribe to, and that's how I practice this existence, then the case could be made that really you you have a, a variety of options in which you can experience your creative process. So when the universe, okay, so I'll talk about like my mom, for instance, like the roadcaster that I have right now, that's the only damn thing. I'm 40 years old. That's the only damn thing I wanted for Christmas. Okay. If it's small shit, whatever, little Legos or what, I'll buy them. My mom was like, just give me a list. Just give me the list. And the, the my mom was the universe in this case. I was like, mom, if I need something, I'll just get it, whatever. Uh, I'm not dreaming big enough, right? So you just get me this one thing or this whatever, just get me whatever. And then she gets frustrated. You end up getting things throughout the years from your mother that you don't like and that you're not going to use, that you're going to return. She's spinning her wheels thinking, I just wish I could get something nice for my son out of a deliberate gift for somebody that I love and care about because that's their love language and they want to give you that, right? The universe is the same damn way. What a lot of us do, or what I figured out I was doing, absolutely, some people may resonate with this, was I wasn't giving them a list. So they just got me a bunch of shit that I didn't want, you know, in the form of bad relationships or toxicity, you know, and there are many energetic levels to this, but at the basic core of it, it was responding to what I wanted, right? What's the Cheshire Cat quote from Alice in Wonderland? If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there, right? It's the same idea. So if you don't, if you're not specific, then it'll just throw you a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. What I've been doing lately is not only have I been very clear in my visualizations and all of that, because I just have figured out over 20 whatever years how to do it just recently, by the way. Um, but the good news is listening to the show, you won't, it won't take you that long because it's all of that crammed into talking to a shitload of dope people. <laughs> so what I've been doing lately is really focusing on the energetic resonance because that's what you hear with everybody, right? It's the energy. Uh, right. And then you couple that with the lens of the ideas of Esther Hicks where you're creating from now, your energetic moment now is what you create your future from or your future air quotes. So what I've been doing is, is I've been bookmarking the moments that are in resonant frequency with the highest desires that I have, manifestations that I haven't physically seen yet. They're on their way, I know this. But what I've been doing is connecting with those feelings. So for instance, if you're in ecstasy, like if you just you know, uh, have an incredible day or an incredible moment or you make love and it's this just incredibly passionate ecstasy, like what my wife and I have been doing for everything is just we'll go, I'm grateful for this moment. And so what we do is we kind of energetically bookmark it. It's like, hey universe, 
put this on your list. This amount of feeling, this amazing feeling, this is what I want more of. All the other shit, get rid of it. You know what I mean? Or dull it or tone it down. So what you're doing is being very clear with your intentions energetically with what, with my understanding, again, after 20 whatever years has finally got me to that that's what's important. And then of course, from now and all of those concepts that we just covered. So as a, as an option, I would say, you know, perhaps to entertain just maybe as something to replace the real housewives of whatever in your head for five minutes, (laughs) maybe say, you know, like this, this feeling right here, I want to, I want more of this whenever a wonderful one occurs, you're petting a new dog, you know, I mean, so many things, right? I mean, anything you're grateful for, like, boom, 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 you this moment right here, you um, eat a great meal, anything like that. Um, You have a great bath, just whatever, right? Whatever's at the resonant frequency of the highest version of you, air quotes. um, And that I think is uh, pretty cool. It's just something like I said, we've been playing with as well as the TikTok craze, wife and I have been having fun with that too. Uh, we don't get into trends online, but we do get into uh, energetically expressive mindfulness practices together that we hear as a test. So that we just kind of test it. I've tested everything I talk about. If I talk about 369 or scripting or affirmations or any of that shit, I've done all of it. I promise I've done all of it. And if it's new, I will try it just simply because I'm curious about, I, uh, again, my curiosity is down to a thousand. So I'll just, I'll just do it. So what we've been doing is saying that, you know, I'm the luckiest entity in the universe. Everything always works out for me and pinging to that frequency. And then whenever something happens like that, say this right here, this is why I'm the luckiest universe. I'm I'm bookmarking this feeling with you. So there are these actionable things that you can do rather than uh, finding the negative in a, any given situation, right? Which is um, programmably easy to do. But, um, you know, it's like I said, just kind of a, a way to put it on the list. You know, it's your Amazon wish list. Think of it like that. Like when you find something, you bookmark it, right? Think of that with your energies like that. You're good shit. To kind of piggyback off your practice and off what you just said, you can actually do that with future emotions. Uh, like say you want to experience a certain thing or a certain uh, circumstance or an outcome. It's feeling that emotion in the future, which is happening now. And then, right. and then letting, intuiting that energy and letting that energy inspire you to take the next action step. So you're, you've been doing that, uh, seems like your whole life. <laughs> uh, yes, but now I'm doing it consciously, which right. is very different. Um, cause now it's changed. Now the game's changed. Now it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. You know, um, I had a woman on the show and you've got to have her on. Uh, she was going by uh, unity bliss at the time. Now she's bliss. So she's incredible. The episode's titled The Oracle. Unbelievable. So what she was talking about was a metaphor for this experience, for what we're experiencing in this realm, this world, whatever. And what it was was a basketball game. And so her her metaphor was beautiful. It was this basketball game where the one team has a ton of players, but they don't know the rules and they're blindfolded. The other team has very, very few players, but they know all the rules and they don't have blindfolds on at all. Now, this feels like the world of the delusion and illusion and psyops and shit that we've been experiencing from my right. perspective. Right. It feels like that basketball game. Uh, it feels like also where we are now, especially with conversations like this. This is me and you walk. I'm, I've already figured it out. I'm walking over to you and I'm whispering, hey, all you have to do is take your blindfold off. Mm. It's the Plato's cave analogy, you know, the allegory of the cave. It's, it's a perfect analogy for this exact thing. Right. right. So. This idea of this progressive, you know, wake up and this, you know, great ascension and all of that. There's many different types of conversations we could have around that. I love all of them and I'm here for all of them. 
Um, but it's uh, it's it's been fascinating. It's been extremely fascinating, and especially when I look at it that way, uh, because then it doesn't feel so overwhelming. It just feels like oh, there's been a an impedance, like a barrier, and that's easily overcomable, right? You just pull your blindfold off, right? And then we whisper the rules as we figure them out, or at least as we get hints to what's not going on, which is mainly my thing. Uh, when we find out what's not going on, you ping in the other direction. So like with NASA, for instance, with whatever NASA is doing, it's not what's going on. They're a cover up. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same idea, right? I'm not sitting here claiming that the earth is flat, but I will have the shit out of that right. conversation because it's amazing <laughs> and I love it. And I take it really far with all kinds of what's shit. Like okay, it explains so let me ask you this. What's past Antarctica? <sighs> what have you heard? What have you learned? I've what heard have a you lot. read? And also I've thought about a lot. So the big thing with me too is I'll take a thing and then hop into my whatever, my my mental temple, and then man, I'll take it. You know, I've got a great imagination. I really do, which is again why I just have these awesome conversations and I can empathize with these folks. And I'm not sitting here judging everybody because I can right. imagine, yeah, I'm like, shit, yeah, you got picked up by an alien. Fuck yeah, that sounds dope. Right. So but this um this idea of like uh transposing your thoughts and then being able to articulate them in in like i guess energetic space you know mm -hmm. what i mean uh like what like let me ask you what what do you think about that go ahead like about the the overall arching what we're talking about about here like about the entire realm this whole place being like perhaps not what we're seeing are you pretty on board with that idea that perhaps what we're being told is not what's going on I'm on the um, everything that we're told is a lie um, that <laughs> we have to do. We have to dig to actually find substance and, and content that actually means something. Uh, I, I do believe that there are other beings and other forces who have, who have directly manipulated our perception of reality. And whenever okay. we stray away from the status quo or uh, the global narrative that we're looked at as insane or crazy. Um, yeah. Which you know, is a psychological operation in itself. Going exactly. ostracized exile is a yeah. psychological. That's like the worst thing that humans can experience, right? Right. Ideally. Right. And we're all under. I mean, a mass majority of the world is under mass psychosis, and they don't even know it. And I don't. Know, it's it's so it's so crazy. This is so. Okay, I'm going to come back to that too because crazy. that's something to say about uh, the amount. Because there's a lot of people that probably aren't real here, and we'll we'll come back to that. Oh yeah, let's go so, to that. Yeah. Let, let So beyond the ice wall, I think maybe it's uh, exactly what the flat earthers say as far as this flat, expansive thing. Now, where they lose me and where I get a little claustrophobic is with the dome thing. Now, the dome thing in my mind, because this conversation is going to tree branch a little bit. The dome <laughs> thing in my mind um, is interesting, but as long as it's like in more of an energetic one. Now, if you splinter that branch and you can say like the shoal, like the uh, ancient Hebrew, a lot of ancient cultures had this very clear depiction that were allegedly unconnected, right, uh, by distances and technology, which is, I believe also horseshit. So, uh, but there was this dome over and these waters under, right, and it protected from the waters above. So what is that? Are we just a pocket isolation of sort of like a terrarium, like an octopus's, like, ant farm? You know what I mean? To right. where, like, there's the energetic dome, there's waters up there. Humanity or whatever's been, whatever sea monkeys have been in this thing mm. have figured out at least that there's a dome up there. Then you look at what they did in reference still back to Antarctica with uh, Project uh, Operation Fishball. I want to say it was in 61, because it was right or 50s, some late 50s, early 60s. What they did was they shot nukes straight up in the sky in Antarctica. 
And at about 13,000 feet, they exploded and they couldn't figure out why. There was something up there that was exploding the missiles oh. at 13,000 feet. Now, in my mind, that's something, it's hitting something now. Right. You could say yeah. that maybe a UFO was shooting them down at exactly that height. Maybe there's sort of like an intergalactic treaty that says, okay, anything that these monkeys shoot up this far, <laughs> shoot it down. And maybe that's what NASA's doing <laughs> is because they can't get up that far. So they have to fake everything, right? To right. make it seem that we can. And then, of course, Ooh, the ball narrative and the green screening. <laughs> oh god that's a podcast. you can book me right you can book me right now for it i will i will be back for that one and i would love to we will touch on it so uh what i what i feel is being um what i feel perhaps they're being dishonest about what i feel is an option for that and that's where i that's where i am with this and i need to be very clear on that that i don't know what the fuck's going on but i love considering them as possibilities like mm -hmm. i really do feel that these should this would absolutely replace the narrative and in many cases it's not only more fun but it's more plausible it makes more sense when you apply a greater lens to it like an energetic louche farm and that basically like you know your only currency here is your attention and what you're focused on and if you think of things in that realm and then you add up all psyops or anything to that where all they're doing is dangling a bright shiny set of keys in front of you to keep you focused on them and not doing the inner work with you and really creating reality right. then they've successfully done their job now that's a whole split thing again and we can absolutely have it book me for all these shows by the way <laughs> well you're coming back <laughs> on the I, show for I, sure <laughs> what i think about this is though the expansion beyond the ice wall let's say is i really love the idea of there being extra land here the idea of extra space extra places for us to go now, um, who's to say also that this place isn't so expansive and wide that it goes on forever? Let's say the infinite plane idea. And let's say then perhaps that there are land masses and suns and little things all along this plane at a certain altitude. And maybe there's something underneath, maybe there's something above, but let's just say that this air quotes realm, this experience we are having, one possibility for experiencing it would be this expansive in all directions realm. And you're just kind of isolated via the vehicle that you're driving meaning our meat suit our body mm -hmm. there you know are barriers to our exploration here natural ones for us right to keep us from straying too far from the from the terrarium so if you start really looking at it like this then uh don't let it terrify you number one because we're still having a blast and there's waterfalls and puppies and shit here so it's still cool <laughs> um, but then also that I, I really do feel that you know perhaps this would be this extra land bit and then whenever you apply the extraterrestrial bit of it to it you're like, oh, well, then the Pleiadians could be just coming from over there a few thousand yards. And then they're flying over in their little crack because that area of this expansive realm, that world operates totally differently. It's a different experience for you to experience. Sort of like if you think about it, I mean, Westworld is one of the best analogies for the way that I sort of view this place. So if you could think about in Westworld, they didn't have just the Wild West. We come to find out in series two, right? Uh, season two, they had the Asian world. They had um, what the... All kind of the Viking, and so they had very different worlds that you could go and experience a completely different experience, but it was accessible to you. So it's like, what what is that about? I mean, maybe this is what this is, and it, it, kind of the idea is, is that the Pleiadians and the Greys and all these other things that just live over there, they're all in on the fact that they when they come here, it's like going through customs. They're like, okay. Uh, they think they're on a spinning ball. We can't talk to them about that. Okay, they don't know their infinite power. Got it. They're here to discover. Okay, we got it. And there's like an agreement that anything that visits here, and they, they're just kind of keeping up the ruse. And maybe it's for a couple of reasons. Now, I'm a boundless optimist. I'm going to say it's to preserve the experience. And it's sort of like if you've seen that M. Night Shyamalan movie, 
um, the village <laughs> where there's right. a no-fly zone above the village and they're right. isolated. It's like, it's like present yeah. day as opposed to what fucking what era were they in? Uh, uh, like, like the uh, like uh, it looked like they were just settling in, like Plymouth Rock shit. Right, you know what right, I mean? right, With the right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, it right. is that Spoiler type of alert for anyone so who hasn't seen the village. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> pretty cool. I mean, it's actually my favorite Shyamalan Malone movie. So right. uh, if you're right. going to see one, that's, that's my favorite, if I can give you a Brandon's picks on that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so it's maybe that idea that we're just sort of this isolated environment that it is very necessary. And, again, when you zoom out enough, you can go, okay, cool. Uh, I see that it's necessary for the experience, for the expansion of consciousness, for us to facilitate our lessons in this way. Mm-hmm. And there's many levels to that experienced in the same realm. And then you have this bigger expansive part of this ex- this entire thing that's like a cell on a living organism. And then it becomes this massive thing. And it's beautiful and expansive and it's a mind fuck. And it really it's is. awesome. And yeah, yeah. So I, I think that would be cool. The uh, Beyond the Ice Wall stuff, um, Extra Land a bit is where I'm at with that. I just think it's awesome. I, yeah. I think that uh, that's what piques my interest the most. I think it's the most heavily guarded piece of land on this planet uh planet is a uh, uh, elongated version of the word plane mm. um you know you you have a uh, all all sorts of indicators to say that you know with everything else being a psyop right and it's funny yeah. too these conspiracy yeah. people no everything the government's telling you is bullshit everything coming out of your media is bullshit right, right. okay right. check i agree i agree right. nasa i agree um medical i agree okay and then they're like but the earth's not flat because the scientists say it's round i'm like but maybe you know what i mean Maybe. So there's a bigger there's a possibility. There's maybe. Right. There's a bigger point to all that that I will absolutely get to if you don't have anything else on the Antarctica thing. But I want to hear what Helen has to think about Antarctica. What do you think? <laughs> I have never thought about it. I think I am fine not knowing wherever <laughs> is beyond there. And it's really fun to hear you guys talk about it. Um, but like uh, on on the where I stand. Um, I think there's a version of the truth everywhere. I think Mm. that that is a big secret, that it's all right under our nose. And it's about knowing how to put it together. You know, you you just uh, nailed it. I mean, what a synchronicity. I was going to then jump to (laughs) reality, which is something that I find that the more I study quantum physics, spirituality, just everything, uh, contactee reports, talking to these people, what the experiences are. I, I don't think... I'm, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think we're all necessarily in the same place. I think that the idea of consensus reality means that we're all experiencing the same thing at the same time. I think it's a similar realm in which we operate, but I think that there are levels of experience within this realm. So I've compared this to like a school, like a grade school. So let's say like kindergarten through 12th grade, but all grades in that school are all options for you to advance your learning from kindergarten to 12th grade. They're not in separate schools like what we were raised with, if that was how you were then they're all in one big school and it's called earth. So there are different levels of the expansion of consciousness here experiencing itself, but all ways of experiencing that are also here. Again, in my opinion. So I'm looking at this thing and I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, that's why you perhaps don't need to expend as much frustrated energy towards something that doesn't agree with you or that doesn't see something that you plainly see. We experience this a lot in the alternative media community because there's a there's a line between folks that are so 
about the program and I'm, I'm going to talk to about it. And then folks that have absolutely broken out of the program that can see it for absolutely what it is. Like it's clear as day. There's no way to unsee it. It's like those magic eye things. Like once you find that magic eye, it just pops right out at you. Right. It's kind of a struggle to see it first. Or when you find the cat in the picture that's hidden, you know exactly where it's at, or you can right. see the snake, right? All of those little things, but it takes you a minute to find it. But once you can see it, you can't unsee it. And that's how this goes. You can't put the genie back in the bottle, right? So this idea of this dissonance still has its value because it shakes up on a level of both. It facilitates the person who has woken up recently and very scared because this is a shit place, man. I've been through all the levels, man. I've been through all there and I'm not done. So I don't put myself in 12th grade. So don't think that it's not something hierarchical. What I mean mm -hmm. to say is I can empathize with the way that that operates because I've been there. I've been the diehard for the matrix person that was like, no, I'm not going to smoke weed and no, I'm not going to read your book and no, I'm not going to watch this video. And how could you say that about the government? You know, my grandfather fought in the war. Uh -huh. Like I've been, I was that for the first eight, 18 years. And then I was this scared dude that woke up after that, that said, fuck, everybody's asleep. They're being fucked over. They're spraying our skies. Look at what they did with Ruby Ridge, 9-11, Gulf of Tonkin. Like it just poured in and I could not stop watching the movie Zeitgeist. Like all of this stuff, so it, you go through that period, which I would call like the fourth dimension. And then you get to a place where I, where I know I am now, man, this is, this is like the, the place it's where, yeah, I could, I'm, I'm at least not ignorant of what's going on here from a very realistic perspective. I'm in a very obvious perspective. And then I'm not angry about what's going on here because I have sort of, I, I have a very strong new feeling that I'm very excited and have fully embraced about why the shit things happen here. So there's no fear involved in the experience anymore as far as that goes, which I'm, I'm very, very happy with. I could share all that with you guys if you'd like. All the tools and techniques, I want everyone there. This is not exclusive to me. This was gifted to me as because I know what to do with it. And what I know what to do with it is tell every motherfucker about it because I'm an empowerment person. Right. I want you to do you. My job here is to give people back to themselves. That's my whole damn thing. Wow. Uh, and so the second it comes in, Thought Ninja, all that shit, it's, it's all y'all's. So on this vein then when you start looking at the experiences this way with the a different perspective level then what you do is you look not down because again it's not hierarchical we're just doing this for spatial referencing right you look back from the position you're in to the older version of you that that frequency is vibrating all around and the lower the the more program the frequency the more pervasive and the more in higher quantity it is per capita right and this is why folks like us are all planted in places with a shitload of people around us that are not us you grow where you're planted but you only grow through the concrete that is the energy that you do not resonate with so that you can energetically rise to the sun right so it's this whole idea of like the black sheep in the family and like those are the people that break the curses. Like I broke the alcohol curse in my family. Uh, I'm very, very happy about that. And it was easy. I turned it off instantly. Um, I want to get back to walk-ins. So I'm going to note it here. <laughs> if we're going over on time, guys. I'll just no, dive no, in no, man. this whole time. Let's go. Let's do this. Okay. So um, basically what it, lo what it looks, how it looks to me is, is that I'm not going to get angry at somebody who doesn't see that whenever they're spraying shit in the sky, it's like chemtrails and shit. It's obviously not uh, contrails. It's just not that. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's for. I transmute it into love. That's just me. But what I mean is, uh, I don't know what it is, but it's obviously not what they're saying it is, which is nothing. So those people, I'm not angry with. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you're just at that reading level. You don't get it because you don't see it. It's not for you kind of a thing. You know what I mean? I'm not explaining a mortgage to a three-year-old. You know what I mean? So it's that type of energetic resonance with me i don't and and also it's a waste of time 
So people in the fourth dimension will happily trade that time yelling at someone in the in that's a kindergartner, because, which then whenever you're looking at it, you can't tell which one's the kindergartner because energetically they're at the same level. I look at everything mm -hmm. as energy now, everything. I can tell you what a video is before it plays energetically. It's fucking insane and it's new and it's awesome. I'm having a blast with it. What I mean to say is, is that it's a very tuned in thing and I've been very deliberate about the threshold of energies that I <clears throat> am a vibrational magnet for. And so this is elevated over time. I wake up a new person, a new energetic match to myself every single day. I make a new version of myself with every portal that I walk through, with every time I step out of the shower. It's always, I'm constantly leveling up. The The reason is, is because this, this place here, I feel, gives you a great opportunity to experience whatever you want dispassionately and without judgment. It takes you three and a half seconds looking at the um, unity consciousness idea to say, okay, if, if we're all the same thing and all that is is all that's here, meaning every energy expressed here is of the same thing, so a unity consciousness, all things here, the things I love and the things I can't stand and turn my stomach are that thing, everything. God and the devil are the same damn thing. They're here to fulfill an experience, and that experience is called duality. Now, in my mind, I've kind of just gotten this as a very reductive level down to saying, okay, well, maybe we're just here to experience duality, to crush it, which we're totally doing right now, by the way. And then whenever the, whenever you know you leave here, or if there's an experience to be had after this one, then you get like a little yin-yang uh, merit badge that you throw on a little sash that you have made a light that that says, dude, I went to Earth. They're like, oh, shit, dude, you, you got that you duality? There. Oh, my God, it's like an amazing thing because it's fucking bad shit, right? Well, y'all are crazy kind of thing. So it feels like this. It's just an experience. And so when you get to this point in, in it, I guess, and what I'm trying to, what I'm not trying to say, what I'm saying is energetically, it's a very obvious system for me. I'm here for the creation, not the destruction. So to sit in the in the poor me and to sit in the, oh, no, this government, agency might drop a nuke on this thing or might restrict my freedoms in this way that is not in my mind being a creator i'm a deliberate creator i create solutions here so if you're being presented with something in the form of let's say klaus anal schwab and his great reset and he wants to sit there and do all kinds of things and you don't agree with it this is not an inevitability in my mind this is an option and I'm not an either or kind of guy. There are many options that we have other than that plan if it's not something that resonates with you. So the, this is the actionable part of this game, of this experience. This is where we really turn it on and move it. So um, like I said, having a blast, there's probably a shitload of extra land here. And energetically, there's a bunch of different things expressed here that simply viewing them as that takes the butt hurt out of everything. You know, you're just like, oh yeah, you just, you don't get it and that's okay. I'm not gonna convince you to get it. That's a ridiculous waste of my attention and energy, and it's not going to solve anything. It's going to match me to your level, not the other way around. If I greet you with who I am, which is love and compassion, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Um, I've got sort of a work thing going on just real quick. I work uh, a deconstruction job is what I've been calling it. It's a construction job, but what I've been really doing is deconstructing my subconscious the entire time. So it's a lot of demo so I'm running in there with a little sledgehammer. I call it my little Thor hammer. And dude, I just, I mean, countertop, everything. It's amazing. I love it. I go through this house. And I work with, uh, you know, I'm the only white dude there. It's me and a bunch of Mexicans. So my Spanish has been great. I always ask them. <laughs> I, awesome. I learned a new word a day. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you one. Rompe cabezas. 
means puzzles in Spanish. And what it is, is rompe cabezas, me, cabezas is head. Right. I knew that. I was like, what does rompe mean? He goes broken or damaged or destroyed. So what it, what puzzles literally is in Spanish is rompe cabezas is a broken mind or it destroys your head. Isn't that cool? I just thought that was awesome. That really cool. Now, there you go. You guys all learned something. So at this deconstruction, yeah. um, um, these dudes are not a fan. And I'm, I'm not going to say they're racist. I'm not saying that. I like them. And everyone's on their highest timeline as far as I'm concerned. But I have noticed a little bit of a difference in the way interaction occurs. So, but I will say this. And, uh, you know, they are the way that they are. Uh yesterday, for instance, I was working this job, this dude uh, wouldn't piss on me if I was on fire, and that's okay. But I'm always, always nice to everyone, because that's who I am. So I'm a big do no harm, but take no shit kind of guy. So there's a line, but I have boundaries, right? But I'm not going to present you back with the same energy you come at me with. I'm rubber, you're glue, and it's just going to slap right on your face. And it's going to suck for you for a little bit till you figure that out. So uh, one specific instance, same thing. I said, hey, do you need any help? Complete ignore. Hey, do you need any help? In Spanish, complete ignore. I was like, okay, mm. got it. Went over to do something else, immediately got yelled at. And I was like, okay. So there's obviously a an opportunity to engage here, right? So I had said, okay, sounds great. I went ahead and did something else. That was satisfactory, I guess. <clears throat> Five seconds later, whatever this dude was working on on a ladder came loose, and it was way heavier than he can handle. Oh, and wow. he was, oh, and he grabs it. And immediately I turn around, I had headphones on and everything. I just, I felt it. I turn around and he's struggling. I see this look on his face and he's going over and I immediately jump up and grab it. And we lock eyes. And it was this, one of this thing to where that's me. And I said, are you okay? Genuine concern. Are you okay? You know, I've got this, you know, relax if you need to. I got this. Let's both get it down together. We've got it together. That was a great catch, by the way. And I'm just the whole time, right? The reason is, is because that's who I am. There's a, there's a wonderful parable that I heard um, that I absolutely adore, and so I'd just like to share it. The parable is, is that a man was walking by a fire and saw a snake, a snake inside the fire. And he was like, oh, shit, there's a snake in this fire. And so he reached in and picked it up. The snake immediately bit him. So out of reaction, he just dropped it, and it fell back in the fire, right? So he goes and gets a pole, metal pole, and gets the snake out with the pole. And somebody watched him was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, man? That snake just bit you. Why did you save that thing? He said, because that snake's nature is to bite. My nature is to care and save. So that's the whole point, right? It's not about this external shit. That, to me, if this is sort of a simulation or a program or whatever, it's about every single moment adding up to the greater, grander version of who you really are in every moment, no matter who's there, no matter what's going on, no matter what your day is like, grow it forward. And it's little things like that. So, you know, it'd, it'd be easy and everybody can empathize and gossip about, well, what'd you do? What'd you help? You should have looted full. And I, I could see that. And many people on that same job site would have said the same thing. Uh, but that's not me. That's not who I am. I'll, I'll pull your ass out of the fire if you find <laughs> me. That's fine. You have an interesting take and perspective on karma. Uh, do you mind divulging and uh, telling us about your perspective? Yeah, karma's been an interesting one because you follow it from the beginning where we all start with it which is that you do good to avoid bad and you don't do bad to get good so in my mind i got to a level with understandings just in general to where you know i revisit things constantly i'm like hey do i still believe in that i'm like hey you know after years i really evaluated that um daddy long legs uh are not the most venomous spiders they just can't break your skin that's a complete myth and i've been telling a bunch of people that for years i just kind of looked it up one day and was like that's not true and that was kind of the catalyst to reevaluate everything Karma was one of these things. It got to the point where I was like, well, that's a little interesting that it's built into the model that to do good, you the incentive to do good is to avoid shit. 
So the only motivator for you to do good is not only more of a, the way it was phrased, a selfish one to receive good in return. And that's the only reason you're doing good. Like that's your motivation or to avoid bad. So to avoid repercussion, you're just like, fine. And so it's like, I picture people like dragging their feet to go help someone. You know what I mean? They're just like, oh, whatever, I'm going to do it. I mean, only to get the good and to avoid the bad. I'm going right. to do it. Right. And so, you know, this idea of uh, it didn't motivate me in the right way. And so I reframed it to say, and I've come to have many conversations that's reframed it several more times where I'm at with it now. And this may change, you know, change a week. Um, is I, I look at them as lessons now. I think that it just is an opportunity for you to grow and to move on from that. So it'll quit popping up in your feed and you can close that tab energetically, finally. So if there's, let's say, an instance, an opportunity for you to heal some childhood trauma or something with your mother, it's going to constantly pop up in a lot of different ways. It's going to remind you in a TV show one day, not to mention your mom. It's going to just keep popping up. And I think that the energy level ramps up because it needs to to get your attention. Mm -hmm. And I think that those things being opportunities for your growth, if you choose to take yourself on the expansion of yourself and look at them and really heal those and to give them your attention for two seconds instead of reaching for the whiskey and numbing that and quieting it so that you can put your attention back on the outside world that's demanding it constantly mm -hmm. for this reason. So you don't do the inner work. We've already talked about this then perhaps you can look in and you can say, oh, this is an opportunity for me to stop this cycle. I can't tell you how many things off of a list. It's on the other side somewhere. I want to know that, like how many things that I cross off of this list that I healed, you know, like went through, experienced, healed, integrated, right? I want to know that. I want to know how many times total that I farted. You know, I want to know all these like fun things that, you know, only the universe could total for this expression that is me, right? So uh, this idea of just rallying it all up and leveling up energetically is the karma. And so also this idea of bad karma, I, I, don't, ag I don't agree to that because I think bad is subjective anyway. I right. think evil is subjective, you know, either way. Because again, if we, if we look at unity consciousness and if you subscribe to that idea in, in Neil Donald Walsh's book, it states in there very clearly, there is nothing separate from God. There's no hell to go to because why would God do that? It's why would... God sent itself to the corner and punished itself, right? Yeah. Hitler went to heaven. Like these are things that are, there's an a, emotional intelligence that needs to occur to really get this or to really get your mind around this. Then if you look at again, like all energies and you just say, oh, it's just a play. A uh, great friend of mine who you've got to have on, uh, Pat Mahan. He does a like attracts like podcast. Um, he always talks about this. This is his uh, analogy, and I absolutely love it. He says, you know, everything here is a part of the same thing. Everything is necessary, and everything needs to be here. He uses the example of a play. Like when you go to see a play, the uh, hero and the and the villain come out and bow at the end together. It's it's all a play, you know. So this idea of that something's here to get you, I don't view it that way. I view it as karma's here to introduce you to the option of your expansion of your consciousness, which I think at my core is what I'm here to do and also what I'm here to help with. Mm -hmm. And so to be of service in that way is something you need to recognize in yourself first, which all of us, I think, are. Uh, it's, again, kind of just your um, calling to realize that and then to put in the work to do it because you, you know, hurt people hurt people, right? And so if you're on a healing journey, you need to heal those things so you can heal other people. Mm -hmm. And then what you'll find in the healing space, which I'm sure you guys have as well, is the more you do the more healing you experience because you you don't ever stop number one uh, expand dead reality it's expanding and uh you know it's always something more but the other thing about that is is the way that i look at it, it's there's always new energy levels of people for you to be of service to and you need to get to that level to be of better service 
Maybe it's an amplification. Maybe it's a greater number of people that you can speak to in ways that communicate broad concepts in very simple terms that hit many ears and are instantly absorbed. You know, maybe that's sort of this next uh, thing that we all have to look forward to in this. But that healing journey will continue always. Yeah, because you're still, you know, uh, getting tarred and feathered every now and then. You know, a meteor will hit you every now and then called something you didn't even know about from your childhood. And you're just like, okay, got it. Thought Ninja and I will work on that and let's let's do it. So I, I maybe that answered your question. I, I really do, like yeah. I said, just I look at karma as signposts to opportunities for your expansion. So when you look at them that way, it takes the sting out of it. It takes the like something's out to get me out of it because mm-hmm. there's nothing out to get you. It's it's both true. There's nothing to save you, right. nothing coming to save you, but there's also nothing here to get you. Right. So it's the illusion. It's um Sam Tripoli calls it a haunted house. Like everything will run up to you and go, ah, and you're like, ah, it's like, all right, cool. And then he walks <laughs> off. That's it. So you just got to take the ah out of it. You see it as a haunted house. You're like, oh, got it. Okay. There's no real danger here. It's just an experience. Yeah. Those are amazing words from Brandon Thomas. Uh, I was we listening. By. Are we going to get to NPCs and walk-ins? I don't think we're going to. I don't know. You want to make this like right. a two-part? Since you brought it up, since you it. brought it up, I was actually going to ask you. Um, I was listening to your podcast with Terry Tabando, and uh, mm. I'm just curious mm-hmm. on my end, what's some of the most intriguing takeaways that you've had out of all the UFO researchers and experiencers on your show? But NPCs and uh walk-ins we can go into that as well cool and i'll do I, i'll do the quickest versions i can on those and we'll you know tease them for more episodes in the future <laughs> okay i uh so man that's such a awesome question because it's so many things because there were stages you know I've, i'm long past the nuts and bolts idea nuts and bolts meaning that people that think and believe that they were built somewhere and then were driven here basically or flown here or whatever I'm way more on the interdimensional side in the that there's nothing out there. And so it's all from here, from either underground or as a manifestation of this experience. Uh, I think they could also be higher versions of you, which kind of ties into walk-ins and I'll get there. Mm. One of the things that blew my mind from the nuts and bolts thing is uh, the idea that um, the future humans coming back in time machines. I love this. Uh, Dr. Michael P. Masters had him on the show. It's way back in the catalog. Uh, and he's a biological anthropologist of a, a Montana Tech University in Butte, Montana. And he looks at the, uh, he studies humans and how we've evolved. And then he looks at the reports of extraterrestrial visitation and contact reports and kind of goes, oh, okay, there's some interesting correlations here. And he says that what they resemble, mostly the grays and things like that, are sort of an anthropomorphization of us moving forward in time. So then we would be revisiting ourselves at this point in time for whatever, like our ancestors, right? So the interesting thing to this, I love it. Uh, and one of the things he, as a biological anthropologist, points out is bipedalism, how it is so pervasive in the contact phenomena. What's up with this? You're a mantis, but you walk on two legs. You're a lizard person, but you walk on two legs, have a torso, two arms, and a head like I anatomically do. That was the the template of design for the body, I think, uh, uh, during the creation of, yes. of the multiverse. I think that was the the template, the bipedal. Uh, being whether that be human or other being yeah but and as he points out also it's not the most efficient so Mm. there's way more efficient mode of transportation and then if you look at this then you think okay well that idea only really works in the conditions that we're in so perhaps the interpretation of the body being the blueprint is only from this realm because of the barometric pressures that we're told exist because of the density of the earth, because of the gravity, all of those things are very specific to this. And this is why he says bipedalism is so interesting 
that it's found in the contact phenomena because he thinks it's not the best mode of transportation. Like it's, you know, comparably shit to what we experience with joint pains, heart issues, circulation issues, all of that compared to like other mammals, four-legged creatures, uh, other they uh, have a way better time with this environment. So it's just really it almost like we were planted here, right? Now the body template thing is interesting. And one real quick thing is you could say that perhaps all of those creatures are visiting us from different times on this exact same realm, mm -hmm. that there's nothing new here, that time only exists for us in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. And what I've referred to this idea of is like speed dating with Gaia, that basically you get maybe the round of a procession of equinoxes, 24,000 years, let's say, and then your time's up. But like the acacia, all of the experiences of everything are logged somewhere and can be visited and recalled on. Mm -hmm. So then you could say, well, then perhaps these entities that also exist in the same place and time, or same place, rather, different time, different reset, different cycle of body blue, blueprint, imprint, all of that, then maybe they're visiting us via technology that they figured out in the time that they had when they were in the same place. So maybe they're not coming from way off. Right. They're coming from way when. Right, exactly. Exactly. Trippy as shit, right? It was really trippy shit to, to kind of gauge all this information. I'm like, like, where do you even begin? Where do you start? And when you really get into the specifics of everything, it's like, all right, let me take a step back and let's just see the game as as, as it stands. Because <laughs> when you get too too uh, involved in it, it can can really mess you up. <laughs> yep. it, it really can. Uh, it it really, 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 really can. And you got to take a break from it. You can't listen to my show on repeat. You know, it's there's too much. You you really can't um you'll explode or something or turn into a being of light and just shoot off the planet you know if you listen to my show consecutively every single i'm pretty sure that's what happens so um somebody test that out and let me know but yeah it's uh it's all wild and this is also why you know i caveat everything i don't know what the hell is going on in here but i love the ideas i've got a wild imagination so i can really follow these things viewing it th and i can pull from physics i can pull from quantum physics mm -hmm. i can pull from these things and apply them there the uh, placebo effect is fascinating to me. Double slit experiment. These are what lead me to confidently say that I'm not that sure that we're all living in the same place and having that experience or that what you're seeing is not specific for you. I think that this place is so damn dope that if you think we're living on a ball, if you decide to get in a rocket and shoot off of it, a ball renders beneath you and you experience a world that is space. If right. you don't think that, then whenever you travel out to a place called Antarctica, rather than there being what the ball person would have seen, then you see a ring with an expansive whatever the fuck you think is on the other side. This place is created by you. It was just you were given a template to figure out how to hack. Mm -hmm. And so this being viewed as like a toroidal field, what you experience is fed back in through you and then spit out slightly modified with your paradigm. And you create it as you go, almost a donkey with a carrot on a stick type of thing. It's, it really it's creating in front of you, but only like two feet in front of you. Mm -hmm. This is as far as your creation ends. It's as far as your faculties go. Now really think about that. Something like India doesn't really need to be there right now. We're only three sitting here talking and who's to know if any of us are real. Maybe just UJ is real and that's it. And we're two just conscious expressions and manifestations of your subconscious. Mm -hmm. So then you could say that this place doesn't need the energy it takes to visibly create all of these things, people, characters, everything, because you're not aware of it. It's the, if a tree falls in the woods, is anyone, and no one's here to, there to hear it, right. does it make a does sound? Does it make a sound? I think I for the listener out there, does you. it really, truly make a sound if no one is there to hear it? I think that's one of the biggest conundrums that people get tripped up on, for sure. 
Yeah, and the idea is if you, the observer, the creator of this place, aren't there to hear it, then the answer is no. Exactly. You could assume that it would based on your understanding of what you've already created. Attachment. But you weren't there and your faculties didn't capture it. Yeah. Everything else is just something you're seeing on a screen. I should have taken a hit of acid before we recorded the show. Our NPCs real quick and I'll cut out on you. Walk-ins are interesting. Uh, real quick on that. Um, I've come to now think of it like I'm not uh, embodying my highest self from the future. I've come to think of it now that my highest self is stepping in as a walk-in and upgrading mm. this vehicle that I'm in each time I level up. This is a fascinating concept. This also may be to tie to aliens real quick, non-human intelligences. Uh, yeah, this may yeah. be why you're allowed to be abducted is because it's you at a higher level. It's just another version of you. So your consent has already been given because right. this is just another avatar that you is driving around. This yeah. is why people get perhaps contacted by the same things, all that. Walk-ins are fun. NPCs. There may be a shitload of people that aren't real here. So the idea of this goes is that, again, to what we were saying, that it doesn't need to render an environment if you're not there to perceive it because this is your ride, this is your experience, then NPCs or non-playable characters, which are referred to in a video game scenario, the things that just walk around and, and give you side quests and shit. Traumatize so, uh, NPCs, Yeah. And NPCs are an interesting one. So, Helen, I've got a question for you. Have you ever heard about the concept of NPCs or non-playable characters, like that you work with people that aren't real no this is the first time i'm hearing of it that's why my eyes are wide i'm like oh okay when you said the definition it was like oh okay i get it though especially with how um jr you chimed in of like th that's how you can get hacked like i think that's why people who are more susceptible right at a lower level or they have open aura like i'm sure those npcs are that's like ooh, i can go in Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's 80 percent. Perhaps this game has a percentage of people who are really awake and, co and conscious creators with like inner dialogues and shit. And then people that aren't. And maybe there's a percentage of that that creates a certain environment. And that's what we've been living in. But what I postulated is maybe there's 80 percent of bodies that are walking around here are just dialed in on a program. They're on a loop that's on an automatic yeah. feed. I've heard that. Uh, cause so, so NPCs are, are the soulless beings in human bodies. I think. I think, I mean, if they do exist, I, I, I've never met an NPC or so I've, I've known uh, that these are these advanced networks of artificial intelligence running these bodies from uh, gaining their energy from a different source. Yeah, and they're fed sort of like bees or something on a hive mind, hive mind. meaning that whenever you bring up flat earth, that's why they look at you like you're crazy and mm -hmm. a smith steps in and takes smith. over the avatar and tells you how wild that is. It's called the Mr. Smith effect from the Matrix. Right, a right. smith will take in that vessel and take it over. You know, And I mean, walk-ins aren't such a crazy theory either. You'll hear people in the very, very spiritual people have a near-death experience, uh, come back and say, you know what, this body's too damaged. I want nothing to do with it. Some other spirit, some other being, which we, you know, might say is another uh somebody that died that was like oh i want to tag back into earth but right. maybe again it's another higher upgraded version of you that's patient enough and loving enough and willing to go through the growth it's going to take to rebuild that body physically right instead of the you that got in the wreck right and this is why people come back changed as fuck think about yes. this whenever people come back from near-death experiences stuff they'll come back with a talent they've never had they'll play mm -hmm. drums never picked up sticks in their life exactly they'll speak a language they've never been to the country of or don't know anybody there their food tastes change. Like all these very interesting characteristics change after either a traumatic event or maybe anything. Maybe just waking up in the morning and something happened while you were asleep and you did a little swappy poo. Helen, I got one for you though, okay? And we'll close on this. So 
Have you ever seen your groceries bring their, have you ever seen your neighbors bring their groceries in? I don't think I have. So that would make you think that they're probably not eating food, right? And that maybe <laughs> they don't need food because they're all NPCs. That's the, that's the question for NPCs that will really trip you out. Have you ever seen your neighbors bring their groceries in? Some people say yes, and they're main characters in your story. That's a buddy that you will go drink over. You've been in their house. Um, you've you know watched their pets when they've been away, and that's a different scenario. That's a that's a very main character in your experience. But in general, if you drive around, you don't see many people unloading groceries out of their car. But it's one of the most common acts that all of us do, and it's something that usually is not done in one trip. Sometimes, depending on the family, right? So you yeah. you've got an open trunk, you got grocery. You're like, oh yeah, that person's doing it. Yeah, I, you just don't see it. It's really interesting. It'll trip you out. Uh, to kind of piggyback on the walk-in uh, discussion, uh, from my understanding, from what I've learned, is when that, that new soul takes over that new body, they inherit all the soul contracts uh, and all the soul family, and they, they inherit the soul codes to that soul family. Are you familiar with the 15 founders? Uh, vaguely, but um, if you've got a... I'd, I'd be interested to hear a, a Cliff Notes version. I, yeah. I'm very curious about this. I want to hear about it. Yeah. Cliff Notes version is uh, the 15 founder beings who diverted away from Prime Creator's original plan for Earth. Um, these 15 beings who were these very large beings, these mantis beings, had their own plan for the universe, essentially. And what they did was so, I mean, heinous is kind of a subjective word, but they did some really fucked up shit. <laughs> they did some really fucked up shit. And so what the prime creator did was they had to, since this, this is a free will universe and they were allowed to do whatever the fuck they wanted, the crime creator created an out if they so choose, chose to, to take that route. And one of the wild cards was the walk-ins. Some of them took that game. Some of them didn't. Uh, when these beings incarnate into bodies, one, one founder can equate to 25,000 people. Because they have, they have incarnated into humans and into the population and are now one being is 25,000 people. And apparently there's only two left on earth. It's fascinating. I love this. You've really piqued me on this. I've got it noted. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go absolutely through it. So I'm also going to, you know, cause I'm not a gloom and doom and gloom kind of guy anyway, but to wrap it all up, I guess with walk-ins NPCs, all the good thing. If this is a place where we're just existing in a reality and there is a percentage dial, like I said, of experience. So you get to a certain level. And from my experience, it took 40 years for that dial to change. Uh, maybe it takes that long. Maybe as I came out of my mom, the program started. And maybe the same is for you as well, that life didn't start. Like you were told a history. You don't know. You weren't there. So uh, the thing about this is, is if that percentage was there, what I feel is occurring, the image I get when when looking at it through this lens is that that dial up of the percentage of cognitive awake deliberate creators here non-npcs are now inhabiting npcs as walk-ins and waking up changing the energy changing wow. the amount of awakened people here the physical amount now i have a specifically uh interesting perspective on this because i get letters all the time i get written emails comments messages all the time from people going I don't remember anything past two years ago. I don't remember my life. I don't remember me past 14 years old. And that's when this traumatic event happened, which led me to even listen to a show like yours, right? So this idea of like that you sort of were on autopilot or maybe that, again, that percentage thing is sort of how I like to look at it because what it tells me 
it it reinforces the way I prefer to view this place, which is just as a game. It's not dire. It's not super. It's just fun. Like touch, smell, taste, seeing here everything you can before. Like I said, there's puppies here, dude. How could this place <laughs> suck that bad, right? So the way I, I kind of look at this, right is, there. Uh, a little cat. Oh well, I got we got three in the other room. I got a little cat. Uh, we we I love those. Uh, my little buddy Ninja. I love him. Um, anyway, so yes, we're we're animal people. My wife and I we don't have children. Um, so we live on a twelve acre little piece of land out here. I've got two dogs in the room now. Under the studio desks here, there's three dog beds Aww. with a huge couch they use. We have three dogs in here now. We have six donkeys, a bunch of chickens, oh, all geez, kinds of stuff. So man, we have a really that cool is place. Awesome. If you ever need a break or want to stretch your legs, get on out here, man. Uh, it's a great place. You got a place to hang your hat. Dude, awesome. So if that's the case, this great awakening thing, this time period, this Aquarius, maybe that was the switch. Maybe that was when all of our dodgeball team got to come running back in the game to be part of it for this. Maybe the other team that knew all of the lessons and that uh, knew the way the game was played and that were unblindfolded, we got to a point where we got enough blindfolds off and we knew enough of the rules to make an impact where now, I mean, uh, the tables have turned. And let's just say in a non-combative, like, yeah, we were right kind of thing because that left me a long fucking time ago. Uh, the idea is, is this Dolores Cannon 3D, 5D split, you know, this whole thing. And again, it kind of reinforces the lens that I've been viewing this through. And really, those ideas led me to the lens, this idea that it's all just different reading levels. So there's no reason for me to be sad that my mom doesn't get when I tell her, hey, you know, this is maybe another way to look at something or there perhaps is another option. And she's so firm in it. I don't have to go, oh, I want mom to go to heaven too. Like it's all part of the same thing. It's all part of the same game, right? And so you don't need to feel bad about figuring it out. And your job, if you're listening to this, absolutely, your job is to figure this out. So congratulations, you're doing it. And uh, welcome to it. And welcome to expanding your reality. We're here for you. Uh, to reinforce anything that you need. We're the lighthouses, so That's come on down. So, awesome. so we usually end with a now what, but you basically just went right into that. Uh, now what, just, just, be, good to just oh, be good to one another. Think about the snake story. Just be good to one another. When something happens in your life and they're like, hey, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic. This is a great example. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You have options, right? There are energetic exchanges in that moment that you have options to participate in. Now, you could say, the, and again, the matrix is going to reinforce this. You call anyone that you know on the phone, most people you know, uh, they're going to go, yeah, that's the right way to feel about that. And it's whenever you flip people off, you come up with a few new curse words, you get right on their bumper, you, you know, all that good stuff, right? That's a way of interacting with an opportunity like that. Or you can take yourself up on something by just literally pumping your brakes so nobody dies, take a deep breath and just wish them consciousness. One of the big things I've been doing lately, so my now what is I've been manifesting the shit out of that everyone is on their highest timeline. I am not manifesting... I roll things with my mother-in-law, for instance, anymore. If something happens, she is on her highest timeline, goddammit. There is no more like <laughs> assuming this person is going to completely repeat the same behavior as they always have in my experience up to this point. I Everyone is on their highest timeline no matter what. This has changed my fucking life. It is I true. love that. Well, you take it, Helen. Let me know how it works out for you, okay? You report yeah, back. that and the energetic bookmarks. I mean, yeah, that's but, the way. 5D. Uh, and use uh, thresholds as smile cues. I want to say, I forget who, Aubrey Martin, I believe. Uh, yeah, use uh, thresholds as smile cues. So whenever you walk through a door, smile every single time, no matter oh. what. Yeah, I've um, I've heard in the Hawkins um, teaching, like a smile is a highest, uh, like a quick way to raise your frequency level. 100%. Think of it walking into a doctor's, uh, you're sitting in a doctor's office, somebody walks in, Ugh. yeah, obviously right. you're there for a reason, whatever. 
but like somebody then walks in and with a smile on their face and they they have a glow about them i mean what you from that office just describing that you were in both scenarios you felt both actions which one felt better which one would you want to be greeted with so then therefore you take yourself out of the person sitting in the seat because you're that too and then you're just the one that smiles every time they walk into a threshold to greet gift someone with that experience every time no matter who it is because it's always you yeah Mr. Brandon Thomas, everyone. Hey, let's give it up for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brandon, where can the listeners find you? Yeah, expandingrealitypodcast.com. There's a big underhaul going, overhaul rather, going on uh, with all of that. So enjoy what's there. Uh, go check out the shop too. Bunch of fun t-shirts going on over there. Um, that's changing as well. So ex just expandingrealitypodcast.com. That'll get you everywhere else. The show goes out to 50 something different places. So y'all can find me. Perfect. We're not hard to find, but thank you. Thank y'all so much. This thank is so you. dope. You guys are incredible. I'll, so much fun. So much fun. I'll make sure to put your podcast in the show notes. Uh, if you like this episode, please subscribe. I'm JR. And I'm Helen. Find us on Discord to talk some more about walk-ins, NPCs, karma. Oh we're God. there for you. We're there. Brandon, we're having you on the show again in the future sometime. Any damn time, dude. Call me. I'm here. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See ya.